Hello, welcome to Second Impressions, the Pride and Prejudice podcast. My name is Grace. And I'm Tom. And we're going through Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice chapter by chapter. And today we are discussing volume two, chapter eight. But Tom, why don't you give us a quick recap on what happened in chapter seven? All right, chapter seven, we are at Rosings. Elizabeth is visiting with the Collinses. And in the last chapter, Sir William leaves and he is replaced by Darcy and Colonel Fitzwilliam, Darcy's cousin. They're both Lady Catherine's nephews. Uh, Mr. Collins is the first one to notify everyone of their arrival. He sees their carriage coming in. Yeah, I also want to um, just give everyone a heads up. We are, again, under airplanes as flight paths, so if you hear that, that's... We're not being attacked, it's just an airplane flying over us. Yes, yeah, sorry, we, we run a, a small operation here. <laughs> Uh, okay. So, yeah. Fitzwilliam, Colonel Fitzwilliam and Darcy are at Rosings, and they come and visit the parsonage directly themselves right after they arrive, which is kind of surprising. Charlotte speculates that Darcy is there just to see Elizabeth. Mm. Elizabeth, uh, maybe not so sure about that, but she takes the opportunity to ask Darcy if he saw Jane in London, and he kind of demures. He's just like, no, I didn't. Mm. Uh, all right, Grace, will you give us a little summary of Chapter 8? All right, so in Chapter 8, um, a bit of time has gone by, maybe like a week, and um, true to Ca- Lady Catherine's nature, because now she has better company, she has stopped inviting the Hunsford party to Rosings. And it's not until, I think, Easter, um, after church, that she's like, oh yeah, come over, <laughs> come over for dinner, or come over after dinner today, um, which they do. So, um, Elizabeth, once, once they all arrive, Elizabeth chats with Colonel Fitzwilliam and, um, you know, she's very lively. Colonel Fitzwilliam is very, um, much more lively than like Darcy and Elizabeth is having a better time talking with Colonel Fitzwilliam than she's had at any other instance at Rosings and their liveliness catches Lady Catherine's and Darcy's attention. Um, then later on, Lady, uh, Lady Catherine talks about how much she enjoys music, and then Elizabeth uh, goes over to the pianoforte and plays, starts playing. Um, Colonel Fitz, or she, and then she, Darcy takes this as an opportunity to kind of come up to her. She kind of perceives it as, as him wanting to like be imposing and whatever, and she's like, well, you're not going to scare me. Um, and then uh, Colonel Fitzwilliam is also there. <laughs> These two two wealthy single men um, standing around Elizabeth playing the piano. And Elizabeth takes this as, as an opportunity to kind of um, kind of rib at Darcy a little bit, tell Colonel Fitzwilliam about how how he behaved back in Hertfordshire and how he like refused to dance with anyone else that wasn't in his party. And Darcy chalks it up to him not being very good at socializing. Um, uh, you know, he doesn't have the best social skills. And Elizabeth is like, well, in the same way that I'm not good at the piano, if I practiced more, I might be really good at it. And um, the evening kind of ends, and that's the end of the chapter. All right, cool. Thank you, Grace. Uh, so why don't I start off reading? How does that sound? Sounds good. Chapter 8. Colonel Fitzwilliam's manners were very much admired at the parsonage and the ladies all felt that he must add considerably to the pleasure of their engagement at Rosings. 
<laughs> all the ladies felt. All the ladies, yeah. Okay, well, this is so Colonel Fitzwilliam has great manners, and all the ladies are like, he is a delightful addition to Rosings, where previously we've had just Mr. Collins and Sir William. Those have been our two gentlemen. This is a very lady-heavy gathering. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you can hardly even count Mr. Collins as a man. <laughs> That's true. But it's mostly ladies and now Darcy and Fitzwilliam. Yeah, well, this is like a big uh, infusion of like masculine energy into this party. <laughs> like two young rich men. <laughs> it's like when you're in an all-girl sleepover and you start calling up boys at the middle of the night. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> Uh, it was some days, however, before they received any invitation thither to Rosings. Mm. Uh, so some days passed before any of the Collinses or, uh, before the Collinses or Elizabeth got an invitation to Rosings. Right. For while there were visitors in the house, they could not be necessary. <laughs> and it was not till Easter day, almost a week after the gentleman's arrival, that they were honored by such an attention and then they were merely asked on leaving church to come there in the evening to come to Rosings. So before Darcy and Fitzwilliam arrived, Lady Catherine really has no other guests. So the Collins and Elizabeth spend their evenings with Lady Catherine. This is never stated that the reason Lady Catherine invites the Collins <laughs> is over... Is, is, because, is because she doesn't have anyone else to hang out right, with. But, Until now. Now yeah. it is explicitly stated... Is it? Ex oh, yeah, 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 by the author, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's also just sort of like, you can even surmise, it's like, oh, all of a sudden she stopped inviting them to, to dinner now that these two other men are there to entertain her. Now that these rich, important people exactly. are here. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, previously Mr. Collins was like, oh, well, Lady Catherine invited the whole party over. It's such an honor to you, Elizabeth. Well, really, <laughs> she was just bored. Now we know. Yeah. It was just because there was no one else to hang out with. Right, she needed a fourth for the card table. Uh, okay, so, yeah, really, some, if we didn't know Lady Catherine already, now we do, that it, she does not have special affection for the Collinses, she mm -hmm. just needs someone to be, spend the time with and think that she's important. <laughs> uh, yes, and then they're finally asked, on Easter, I don't know if it's been made clear before, but we are in the spring. Yeah. Remember there's a little crack, uh, in a previous chapter where they're all looking at Lady Catherine's view, and she's like, it's better in the summertime. <laughs> So I think that it makes it even a little funnier. So if she's basically like, if you were here just a few months later, it'd be so much better. <laughs> but I'm never going to invite you back anyway. I'm just telling you that it would have been a better view in the summertime. <laughs> so she ignores them for a week. She sees them at church on Easter. And that's when she invites Elizabeth and the Collinses over. Yep. Lady Catherine, that is. Yeah. Which is what Mr. Collins thought would originally happen when Elizabeth, Elizabeth first got there. He wasn't expecting a personal invitation to dinner for Mr. Berg. He just thought Lady Catherine would invite them after church. Yeah. So, At that time, maybe Lady Catherine was truly starved for attention. I guess and so. guests and company, so she just invited them over way more often than she otherwise would. But now we're back to normal. Other rich people are around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Then the Collinses and Elizabeth were merely asked on leaving church to come to Rosings in the evening. For the last week, they had seen very little of either Lady Catherine or her daughter. Colonel Fitzwilliam had called at the parsonage more than once during the time, but Mr. Darcy they had only seen at church. The invitation was accepted, of course, and at a proper hour they joined the party in Lady Catherine's drawing room. Her ladyship received them civilly, but it was plain that their company was by no means so acceptable as when she could get nobody else, <laughs> and she was, in fact, 
almost engrossed by her nephews, speaking to them, especially to Darcy, much more than to any other person in the room. Okay. So, it's not even... She didn't even invite them to dinner. No. She invited them to hang out after dinner. Uh-huh. Um, so, at the proper hour, after dinner, yeah. they joined the party. They went to Lady Catherine's drawing room, which is where everyone hangs out after dinner. Um, she was. They were received civilly. Civilly. civilly Who sorry. even knows what that means from Lady Catherine? Yeah. I guess she... just on outright scorn, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's as much as you can hope to get from Lady Catherine is is not to be scorned at. It's like, you're here. Good. This is an acceptable <laughs> hour for you to be here. But it was plain that their company was by no means as acceptable, or so acceptable, as when she could get nobody else. So the, re- the reception that they received tonight is nowhere near as... Um, like, okay, just to backtrack a little bit, they were received civilly, and that is by no means as, um, uh, acceptable, uh, they were by, but then, even then, it's like they were by no means as acceptable as when she was just out of options. Civil, civilly is, like, the base level of politeness. Yeah. It's not, yeah, she maybe didn't even, like, stand up. She was just like, <laughs> oh, here you are, I'm not being outright rude to you. Yeah. But I'm also, she's not, like, talking to them in the same way that she did before Darcy and Colonel Fitzwilliam got right. there. And that's further um, uh, demonstrated when it says, She was, in fact, almost engrossed by her nephews, speaking to them, especially Darcy, much more than to any other person in the room. Okay. And specifically in how she's so engrossed with Darcy, who does Lady Catherine remind you of a little bit? Uh Oh, uh, Miss Bingley. Miss Bingley. Yeah. yeah I feel like... <laughs> Man, Darcy um, is... What a cat. Darcy has this, like, effect on women. On everyone other than Elizabeth, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just... Maybe on rich women. <laughs> maybe on rich uh, women. Rich, um... Yeah. <laughs> I guess he just... He just kind of exemplifies, like, old money, you know? He just has yeah. all of the characteristics of, like, old, like, ancient family money. Uh-huh. Well, he has, like... He bears it well, you know? I mm-hmm. feel like that's something that, like, people would talk about of Darcy in the time is, oh, his bearing and his carriage, right? Yeah. He carries himself proudly. Like, you can <laughs> just tell that he's rich and important by the way he stands there. Yeah. Would you like to keep reading? Sure. Colonel Fitzwilliam seemed really glad to see them. Anything was a welcome relief to him at Rosings. <laughs> <laughs> so and, he, oh, I'm sorry to oh, interrupt, no, but how do you think Colonel Fitzwilliam feels about Lady Catherine? not great (laughs) if anything is a relief for him yeah yeah. it's also just funny that because he is not the favorite darcy is the favorite so was like he's probably like what am i doing here Uh yeah i I think we can surmise from that that he is not as rich as darcy and also the fact that he's in the military means that he has to work for his money Mm. Um, we'll we'll talk more about that we'll learn more about yeah fitzwilliam there's a bit like for, for example there's a big difference between colonel fitzwilliam and um uh mr wickham because oh oh yeah, yeah huge yeah. difference yeah uh-huh. it's it's completely different you know stratospheres to the two of them but, Ooh, but colonel fitzwilliam's a colonel yes. wickham is not he is not a man of no, rank he is a foot soldier yeah. um anything was a welcome relief to him at rosings and mrs collins his pretty friend had moreover caught his fancy very much uh i don't think we're talking about mariah right <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, i totally forgot mariah was even in the picture yeah, here i know this is definitely i Elizabeth. totally forgot mariah's uh, here <laughs> um he colonel fitzwilliam now seated himself by her by of course we all know elizabeth mm-hmm. and talked so agreeably of kent and hertfordshire of traveling and staying at home of new books and music that elizabeth 
had never been half so well entertained in that room before. <laughs> in Lady Catherine's drawing room. <laughs> not even, I appreciate the, like, not just in the entirety of Rosings, but in this room, yeah. she has never felt more joy than ta talking her to Colonel Fitzwilliam. Well, no one's really had, like, a real conversation with her at Lady Catherine's house. Yeah. Because the only, Elizabeth has had real conversations with Charlotte, but certainly not in Lady Catherine's house. Mm -mm. And they conversed with so much spirit and flow. Mm -hmm as to draw the attention of Lady Catherine herself, as well as of Mr. Darcy, <laughs> of course. Uh -huh. His eyes, italicize his, yeah. his eyes, had been soon and repeatedly turned towards them with a look of curiosity, and that her ladyship, after a while, shared the feeling, was more openly acknowledged, for she did not scruple to call out, What are you saying, Fitzwilliam? What is it you are talking of? What are you telling Miss Bennet? Let me hear what it is. <laughs> Lady Catherine, ever ever the tactful Lady Catherine. <laughs> yeah, ever the nuanced speaker that is Lady Catherine. Hey, what are you talking about over there? <laughs> um, I think this uh, this sentence here, especially, his eyes, or that, you know, it draws, their conversation draws the attention of Lady Catherine, and especially Mr. Darcy, and I mm -hmm. think that's why that his is italicized. Mm -hmm. His eyes had been soon and repeatedly turned towards them with a look of curiosity. So I think this is a little insight into a, what Colonel Fitzwilliam's function is narratively in this book. Yeah. And I think that's just to, like, spur Darcy on a little bit, mm -hmm. to make Darcy a little jealous and be like, I gotta... Yeah, a look, little uh -huh. light a fire under his ass. Well, I don't think he was really ever threatened by Wickham, because oh, I think he, you know, inherently thinks Wickham is beneath him, but uh -huh. also maybe he has more confidence in Elizabeth to think that she would ever form a match with him. I agree. But I think when he sees her, like, oh, you know, engrossed by his peer, by his cousin, yeah. another rich man who's yeah. very gentleman-like, then there maybe there's a little bit of jealousy. You're He's right. like, he could be a suitable match for Elizabeth. Exactly. He knew Wickham was not a suitable match for Elizabeth, and so he never really had to worry about Elizabeth paying any kind of... He was more just pissed off that, like, Wickham was, you know, spreading these stories about him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now it's like, oh, shit. An actual, qual like, qualified candidate for Elizabeth has entered the picture. And now he is, like, actually, um, like, uh, getting a little worried. Uh, oh, <laughs> I guess I better get in my game. Yeah. Uh -huh. I also, it's interesting that, like, I, I also just love how this kind of demonstrates just how just how easily sociable and lively Elizabeth is. It's like, it's the fa very fact that she and Colonel Fitzwilliam are talking so much that it's like all of a sudden everyone in the room's eyes and attention are drawn towards her just because she's such a great speaker and like such a, you know, great addition to a conversation. Uh-huh. And although Lady Catherine would be terrible to know in person, she's great to have in this scene. Yeah. Because we need someone of her like particular personality to be able to burst this bubble a little bit to like yeah. open it up to the room yeah it's like hey what are you doing what are you talking about yeah. over there what's so funny over there everyone else <laughs> wants to know i want to know <laughs> uh well especially me yeah especially <laughs> yeah. me yeah <laughs> we are talking of music madam said colonel fitzwilliam when no longer able to avoid a reply <laughs> so we can imagine that this goes on for a while like they're trying to have a conversation and lady Catherine's just like hey hey what are you talking about <laughs> and finally colonel fitzwilliam has to reply yeah of music, then pray speak aloud. It is of all subjects my delight. I must have my share in the conversation if you are speaking of music. 
There are a few people in England, I suppose, who have more true enjoyment of music than myself, or a better natural taste. <laughs> <laughs> no one enjoys music more than I do. And no and one also, yeah. No one has better taste in music than I do. Uh, if I had ever learned, I should have been a great proficient. I think that's literally, I think the 2005 movie like takes that exact line and has um, Judy Dench say it. Uh, I would hope so. It's a great line. It's so like unself-aware <laughs> in an amazing way. Yeah. And so would Anne if her health had allowed her to apply. Are you really who how are you so sickly that you can't even sit in front of a piano? I don't know. Who knows? It's like what is she doing in this room right now, Anne? If she can't even play the piano. I think we can imagine what Anne is doing right now, which is just, like, sitting there, looking sickly, having <laughs> Mrs. Jenkinson dote over her. Yeah. Uh, I am confident that she would have performed delightfully. How does Georgiana get on, Darcy? Also, I think... <laughs> I, I This is kind of like a distraction from the narrative, but just to look into Lady Catherine and Mr. Berg's characters a little bit, I feel like part of the reason that they don't, like... They are not accomplished women, despite how important their role in society is. Mm -mm. But they're almost like the most accomplished women because by not knowing how to do anything, then they can say, well, if I had wanted to, I would have been great at this, you know? Yeah. If I wanted to play piano, I would have been the greatest piano player of all time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if Mr. Burke's constitution would have allowed her to play piano. And then, um, and then she asks Darcy, oh, you know what? Is, what uh, we can talk about it more, but I also think, well, there, I, I feel like there's also a particular reason um, that Lady Catherine is out bringing up Anne. It's because Anne is technically Darcy's like supposed betrothed. I think it's sort of like, I think she's she's sort of like signaling Darcy to like keep looking at Anne. To look at Anne. Yeah. yeah. Well, I come, Lady Catherine, myself, I come up first, and mm -hmm. then Anne. And then uh -huh. Anne, But that's yeah. a good point, yeah. She's like, don't forget, Darcy, what you're supposed to be doing here. <laughs> I can't imagine Mr. Berg's flirting, though. No, she can't even sit upright at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how does, uh, and then she asks, how does Georgiana get on, Darcy, mm -hmm. who is Darcy's sister? Mr. Darcy spoke with affectionate praise of his sister's proficiency at playing music. Hmm. I am very glad to hear such a good account of her, said Lady Catherine. And pray tell her from me that she cannot expect to excel if she does not practice a great deal. Great, coming from the woman who does not play music at all. <laughs> I assure you, madam, Darcy replied, that she does not need such advice. She practices very constantly. <laughs> it's it's like... um very constantly it's also so you, what you mentioned about the similarities between lady catherine and miss bingley it's also like remember when miss bing when darcy's writing a letter to georgiana and miss bingley's like you have to tell her that i miss her mm -hmm. and then darcy's like i already told her in the last letter and there's no more room in this letter i'll write i'll say it in the next letter or something uh, like that that's a great point basically the same thing is happening here i think maybe these women know that that's the way to darcy's heart to be like oh how's georgiana doing mm -hmm. but he doesn't fall into the trap no. He's like, don't don't worry. You don't need to tell her this advice. This is Darcy's actually in the most polite and civil way possible. He's kind of rebuking Lady yeah. Catherine, but he can get away with it. <laughs> yep. Um, so much the better. It cannot be done too much. Practicing the piano, I guess. It cannot be done too much. And when I next write to her, I shall charge her not to neglect it on any account. 
So hypocritical. Yeah. And also, like, Darcy already told you that she does not neglect it. You don't uh, need to write to her saying not to neglect p- practicing the piano. Well, she already knew what she was going to say yeah. before Darcy even responded. For sure, yeah. I often tell young ladies that no excellence in music is to be acquired without constant practice. I have told Miss Bennett several times that she will never play really well unless she practices more. And though Mrs. Collins has no instrument, she's very welcome, as I have often told her, to come to Rosings every day and play on the pianoforte in Mrs. Jenkinson's room. She will be in nobody's way, you know, in that part of the house. <laughs> Me being the servant's quarter. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically, I don't know. I, I feel like this is, uh, Lady Catherine has seen, well, for some reason she feels like she's got to take this opportunity to dump on Elizabeth a little bit. Uh-huh. And I think it's because she sees how interested Colonel Fitzwilliam is in her. Mm. And also I think it's a power play. Like, I'm the most powerful person, woman in this room especially. Like, yeah. don't you forget it. Uh, mm-hmm. Elizabeth, she's trash. Like, she doesn't even <laughs> practice. I told her she could come play Mrs. Jenkinson's piano in her, like, servant quarter. <laughs> yeah. And she probably regards, she thinks that she is doing, like, an act of charity by, like, letting Mrs. Collins um, play Mrs. Jenkinson's piano forte. Well, that is, that's some prime condescension right there. Yeah. Come play on my servant's piano. It's probably better than anything you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, you're just as important as my servant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Darcy looked a little ashamed of his aunt's ill-breeding and Mm. made no answer. So I feel like he's getting a little taste of his own medicine after the uh, Netherfield ball. Uh Also, um, a good indicator of what makes him and Lady Catherine different is, like, Darcy is not a Lady Catherine, despite their wealth. (laughs) Uh Yeah, that's true. And also, I feel like this levels the playing field between Darcy and Elizabeth a little. It's like, hey, we all have embarrassing relations. Yeah, Uh, yeah. You want to talk about my mom? Well, your aunt sucks just as bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, When coffee was over, Colonel Fitzwilliam reminded Elizabeth of having promised to play to him, and she sat down directly to the instrument. He drew a chair near her. Lady Catherine listened to half a song and then talked, as before, to her other nephew. (laughs) So while Elizabeth's playing, Lady Catherine listens to half a song and then just keeps talking to Darcy. Yeah, so much for being, like, someone who, um... Has more has the truest enjoyment of music in all of in all of England. Or, no one enjoys music more than her. And yet uh, she's gonna like, she's like, I'm bored. I'm gonna talk to Darcy now. Yeah. Well, no one enjoys music more than her until she has something to say. Yeah. So Lady Catherine listened to half a song and then talked as before to her other nephew, Darcy. Tell the latter, Darcy walked away from her, and moving with his usual deliberation, deliberation towards the pianoforte stationed himself so as to command a full view of the fair performer's countenance, mm. meaning like her face. Yeah. And Elizabeth is the fair performer. Mm. Elizabeth saw what he was doing at the first convenient pause, turned to him with an arch smile and said, You mean to frighten me, Mr. Darcy, by coming in in all this state to hear me? <laughs> <laughs> I like his, his state of manner, like his stately walk. That's that's the usual <laughs> deliberation that he crosses the room with. Yeah. That's just how he moves. No, that is yeah. funny that that is I honestly believe that is just how he moves. And Elizabeth just I think she finds it kind of funny. So she's like, "Do you mean to frighten me by coming here in all this state?" <laughs> uh, I kind of imagine Darcy just walks around like he is like like, he's the boss, yeah. and he kind of makes you feel like you might be doing your job wrong. Just, like, surveying the uh-huh. area. <laughs> um, but Elizabeth, not gonna, not buying this. No. Uh-huh. 
But I will not be alarmed, though your sister does play so well. There is a stubbornness about me that never can be can bear to be frightened at the at the will of others. My courage always rises with every attempt to intimidate me. Mm-hmm. I that's true. I believe it. We've seen that time and time again. Yes. Well, this is true that whenever someone tries to intimidate her, she rises to the occasion. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if Darcy's really trying to intimidate her. No. It's it's still. I feel like it's great that we get to see Elizabeth and Darcy interact again, but. Once again, it's like they're not quite picking up what the other is trying to trying to convey. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth right now thinks Darcy is coming over as like a power play to intimidate her, but he is coming over because he wants to look at her pretty face. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this also that falls on Darcy because he just does everything in this like <laughs> grand and imposing manner even when he's trying to like flirt with someone. Oh god, so awkward watching Darcy flirt. And also, I think Elizabeth is having a little fun with him too. That's She's just true like, too. Don't worry, you don't intimidate me. Yeah, yeah. But that's also, I think, it requires. I think Elizabeth is requiring Elizabeth to think Darcy has some self awareness to make it a joke. Mm-hmm. To make it a joke, Elizabeth, I think, thinks Darcy does have some self awareness of his imposing figure. But I don't think Darcy has that self awareness. It's hard to say. I think Darcy has purposely, you know, cultivated this air through his lifetime Mm -hmm. of being, like, proud and haughty. But now I think he has a hard time of breaking through it when he wants to be anything else. That's, yeah. That's, That's accurate, I'd say. Okay, well, Darcy says, I shall not say that you are mistaken because you could not really believe me to entertain any design of alarming you. And I've had the pleasure of your acquaintance long enough to know that you find great enjoyment in occasionally professing opinions, which in <laughs> fact are not your own. Mm. I think he's like, he's basically saying like, I know you like to tease me, right? Yeah, I know yeah. you like to tease me and joke with me, but right. don't worry. I, I'm not going to believe it. I know you don't <laughs> think I'm here to intimidate you. Right. Darcy at least picks up that Elizabeth is joking. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I know you're joking because I don't think you would actually think that. Um, or... Or, yeah, I know you're joking because I know you don't actually believe that I am intimidating Mm -hmm. to you. I would never think that I could intimidate you, Elizabeth. And so, um, and I also know that you like expressing opinions as a joke that are not your own. Yeah, of, like, teasing me. Of saying, like, oh, I'm being a certain way. (laughs) When I'm (laughs) trying, of calling me proud when actually I'm, like, humbling myself by walking over to you here. Um, Elizabeth laughed heartily at this picture of herself. Aw, he made her laugh! (laughs) And said to Colonel Fitzwilliam, Your cousin will give you a very pretty notion of me and teach you not to believe a word I say. I am particularly unlucky in meeting with a person so well able to expose my real character. That's a joke. She doesn't believe that. (laughs) In a part of the world where I had hoped to pass myself off with some degree of credit. I think that's also kind of a joke, right? She's being, this whole, like, speech is sarcastic yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Elizabeth could not care less how she passes herself off at Rosings right now, I don't think. No, it's not like, a, this, that's a joke. Elizabeth is not, uh, you know, trying to impress everyone around her. She's just being herself. Mm-hmm. And it's not like she has anything to be ashamed of that she's hiding from her hometown. <laughs> exactly. Indeed, Mr. Darcy, it is very ungenerous of you, in you, to mention all that you knew to my just, all that you knew to my disadvantage in Hertfordshire, and, give me leave to say, very impolitic, too. (laughs) Impolitic is, like, imprudent, like, rude, almost. For it is provoking me to retaliate, 
and such things may come out as will shock your relations to hear. <laughs> I also think they mean it in, like, the political sense, too. It's like, you've made a bad, like, political play ah. by, like, calling me out because, guess what, I know all your dirt also. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> bad move, Darcy. <laughs> it's like, if you're a politician and call another politician out for, like, being a bad person and you yourself have, like, secrets, that's, a, that's the comparison she's yeah. conjuring. So basically, yeah, earlier Darcy was sort of like, Oh, you know, I know you have a tendency to tease. That's just who you are. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth laughs. And then sarcastically is like, well, now you've put me at a disadvantage in front of your cousin because I've been working so hard all night to cultivate <laughs> this air of superior, this degree of credit and cultivate this air of um, respect and now you've thrown that all away. Well, you know what, Darcy? I also have dirt on you. Uh, well, this is like mock pride and haughtiness. Yeah, Because she's yeah. like, oh, you've just you've revealed everything. <laughs> like, uh, what, what did she say? To mention all that you knew to my disadvantage. The fact that she likes to tease is not all that Darcy knows to her disadvantage. <laughs> yeah. Darcy says, I am not afraid of you, said he, smilingly. Mm-hmm. And then um, Colonel and then Colonel Fitzwilliam goes, "Pray let me hear what you have to accuse him of," cried Colonel Fitzwilliam. "I should like to know how he behaves among strangers." Darcy, that is. Yeah. And Elizabeth says, "You shall hear then, but prepare yourself for something very dreadful." <laughs> this is also all like mar like sarcastic, mock serious tone. Mm -hmm. The first time of my ever seeing Darcy in Hertfordshire, you must know, was at a ball. And at this ball, what do you think he did? He danced only four dances, exclamation point. <laughs> I am sorry to pain you, but so it was. He danced only four dances, though gentlemen were scarce. And to my certain knowledge, more than one young lady was sitting down in want of a partner. Mr. Darcy, you cannot deny the fact. Okay. Well, okay, so what is the, the real egregious thing that he did at this ball, and it's not uh, only Dancing Four Dances? Well, he spurned Elizabeth specifically. I think that's what she's talking about. Yeah. But there is a reason. So she's like, oh, you know, you just mortified me, so I'm about to put all your dirt out in public. Yeah. But she fails to mention, like, the worst thing he did, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He dances four dances, two with uh, Miss Bingley and two with Mrs. Hurst. And then um, she says, when more than one young lady was sitting down in want of a partner. And she says that to my certain knowledge because because she was sitting down. Well, she is the young lady she's, she's referring yeah, to. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Um, I think the reason she doesn't want to bring up like Darcy's actually rude behavior, which is like slighting her and criticizing her to Bingley, is that one, we're having like a joking conversation here and that would make it kind of serious. Yeah. Two, maybe she doesn't want to really expose Darcy in that way. It would be it would be improper. Uh, I don't think that's in it. Like Elizabeth, yeah, you're you're right. She, Elizabeth is joking, but she she doesn't actually want to hurt Darcy here. I think she wants to like rib him a little, and she she and Darcy both know what she's talking about. Yeah, yeah, but uh, she's she's um she's she's hint she is wrapping up the specific uh, egregious thing in like a universal thing of the moment of that time, which is that Darcy did not ask anyone to dance. Uh -huh. And that was also kind of rude, just to, like, show up at a ball and be, like, a stiff board, basically. Yeah. And then be... And, again, but, like, also just well within earshot of Elizabeth saying that she is not worth his time. Yeah, well, that's what she's kind of hinting at. And maybe the third reason is she doesn't want to expose herself, also, mm. in front of Colonel Fitzwilliam. Yeah, imagine uh -huh. holding on to that, like, ugh, 
10 months ago you did this and I never forgot it. That would be something a different character would do, not Elizabeth. Yeah. Elizabeth will kind of bring it up glancingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, so she says, More than one y- young lady at this ball was sitting in want of a partner. Mr. Darcy, you cannot deny the fact. Mm. And then Darcy goes, I had not at the time the honor of knowing any lady in the assembly beyond my own party. So it's like, I didn't know anyone. What did you want me to do? <laughs> True, Elizabeth says, and nobody can ever be introduced in a ballroom. That's 100% facetious and yeah. sarcastic. That that's is the, literally, that's the place to meet people. That is literally uh, how single women and single men find each other. That's the point of balls is to meet people. Yeah. Uh, true, and nobody can, be introdu- can ever be introduced in a ballroom. Well, Colonel Fitzwilliam, what do I play next? My fingers wait your orders. A little military talk there. Oh, shit, I didn't even pick up on that. Nice. Oh, Elizabeth's freaking smart as fuck. Perhaps, said Darcy, I should have judged better had I sought an introduction, but I am ill-qualified to recommend myself to strangers. Oh, so Darcy admits that he, he would have been, like, he acted a little improperly. Mm. I should have judged better had I sought an introduction, but, here's my excuse, I am ill-qualified to recommend myself to strangers. Hmm. Uh, Elizabeth says, Shall we ask your cousin the reason of this, said Elizabeth, still addressing Colonel Fitzwilliam. I like this. So now she is like, I'm going to turn to Colonel Fitzwilliam, and we're not, we're going to talk about Bar- Darcy in front of him. Uh, Shall we ask your cousin the reason of this? Shall we ask him why a man of sense and education, and who has lived in the world, is ill-qualified to recommend himself to strangers? <laughs> I like that she's just basically... She is literally parroting what he said. Recommend myself to strangers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it's also absurd. Darcy is rich. He has extensive education. He's been all over the world. Imagine, you know, he's met lots and lots of people, and yet he says he's ill-qualified to recommend himself to strangers. Yeah, in that moment, he was probably the best he was in the best situation to recommend himself to anyone uh-huh and this phrase lived in the world i feel like is pretty important because elizabeth has not lived in the world no darcy She's... is going from hertfordshire to london to wherever to rosingston anywhere he wants he can do whatever he wants yeah. where elizabeth is stuck at longbourn pretty much in mm-hmm. hertfordshire mm-hmm so I think she's drawing in direct contrast to herself. So, yeah. <laughs> like, you've had so many more advantages of me to be in society, and yet you say you're ill-qualified yeah. to talk to strangers. Darcy, check your privilege. <laughs> um, I can answer your question, said Fitzwilliam, without applying to him. I can answer your question, why is he ill-qualified to talk to strangers? Yeah, right? without uh, even asking. It is because he will not give himself the trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's fair. Yeah. Uh It's not that Darcy is, like, I don't know, handy, like, what's the word, like, um... Like he has some sort of... Handicap, he's, like... Social, like... Disability uh, or something. something. Yeah, where he can't connect to people. Right, it's just, like, he just doesn't want to. Yeah, he's just lazy. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I certainly have not the talent which some people possess, said Darcy of conversing easily with those I have never seen before. I cannot catch their tone of conversation or appear interested in their concerns, as I often see done. (laughs) So, okay, I feel like Darcy is almost like using this language of it's beyond my ability, right? I have some sort of disorder, you know? I just can't pick up on the tone of people's conversations or appear interested in their (laughs) concerns. 
The first one may be valid. The second one, that's just what Colonel Fitzwilliam's talking about. He's just too lazy to, like, try to empathize with people. Yeah, yeah. As I have, as I often see done. So he's seen it before. He's seen, like, for example, with Bingley, I'm sure he has seen many instances of Bingley um, talking about other people's interests or whatever. But he just can't do it. Uh Well, okay. (laughs) Or rather, he refuses. I don't want to get into, like, I don't know controversial territory but i feel like to speak the language of the time darcy is almost saying like i have some sort of social disorder here you know i can't just i just can't pick up on the tone of conversation or like i can't be interested i you know with other people right yeah but but what were you gonna say well yeah it just seems like he has sort of like like um this inability to yeah like pick up on social cues that's what he's saying right but i don't think that's true yeah. because he can connect with his friends that's true he's actually very social and can and can be kind and empathetic mm-hmm. he's just too lazy to do it for the most part <laughs> um and then what does elizabeth say my fingers said elizabeth do not move over this instrument in the masterly manner which i see many women's do They have not the same force or rapidity, and do not produce the same expression. But then, I have always supposed it to be my own fault, because I would not take the trouble of practicing. It is not that I do not believe my fingers as capable as any other woman's of superior execution. So, Darcy's like, hey, it's not my fault that I can't talk to strangers. Like, I can't, I, it's just not in my nature, right? Mm -hmm. I can't pick up on the tone of their conversation. Right. And Elizabeth's like... Well, I could be a great piano player, but I don't practice, so it is my fault. So I own up to the fact that if I practice more, I'd be a better piano player, right? Right. It's uh, not that um, these other women are just naturally superior in piano playing. It's just that I don't practice. Yeah, so I... I so he, Elizabeth answered... Calling, yeah, yeah. She's calling bull on his, um, like, refusing to accept responsibility for it. Like, this is just the way the world works. I'm just not... I'm just not social. Uh-huh. And she's like, well, I'm not good at piano playing, but it's not because of some, like, universal thing... Universal trait that was passed to some women and not me. Uh-huh. It's just because I didn't practice enough. Yeah. I.e. Darcy, maybe you should practice at, like, being sociable a little bit. Yeah, take Uh, a lesson from your aunt and practice. Yeah, exactly. That's what she's saying. Uh I I think that's a pretty great answer. Darcy's Mm. like, it's just not my nature to be sociable. And Elizabeth's like, well, (laughs) I don't play the piano very well, but it's not like it's not in my nature to be good at music. It's just (laughs) because I don't practice at it. Uh Uh-huh. How does Darcy respond to this? Darcy smiled and said, you are perfectly right. You have employed your time much better. No one admitted to the privilege of hearing you can think anything wanting. We, neither of us, perform to strangers. Mm. So I think it's pretty telling that Darcy's response is to try to group the two of them together and be like, hey, we're actually similar. Yeah, we're two peas in a pie. Uh But let's break this down. So what is he saying? So he's like, you're perfectly right, Elizabeth, that if you had practiced piano more, you'd be better at it, right? Mm -hmm. But instead of practicing piano, you have employed your time much better. Into, like, social skills. To practicing other things, I yeah. guess. Uh-huh. You you have other priorities than practicing the piano. Right. No one admitted to the privilege of hearing you can think anything wanting. So what do you think that means? I took that to mean no one admitted to the privilege of hearing you talk, of being in a conversation with you, can think anything wanting. You excel, Elizabeth, at 
conversation. And so anyone who walks away from you having had a conversation when you, with you cannot think of anything lacking in the conversation. That's what I took from it. I think when he says you've employed your time much better, I don't think he, I initially thought social skills is what he was referring to. I think he's just talking generally here. Mm. Like instead of practicing the piano, you've practiced, you've done other things that, you know, are, will turn your time more to profit. Like you've, instead of practicing the piano, you've practiced other things, mm. right? Okay. Like instead of practicing social skills, I've practiced other things. This is me as Darcy talking. Mm. And then he goes on to say, no one admitted to the privilege of hearing you play piano can think that these other things that you've practiced have uh, been neglected at all. I see. So this, I think he's kind of like joking with Elizabeth here. Like, <laughs> yes, your playing's bad, but when I hear that, that just says to me, oh, she's used her time to practice better things. Gotcha. Interesting. In the same way I've used my time to practice better things than being sociable. Mm. Okay. Because the way that I, I read it was sort of like, Again, Elizabeth is using piano playing as an analogy for um, developing your social skills. And I think Darcy picks up on that. He he smiles and is like, yep, you're right. You have employed your time much better. Um, instead of practicing piano playing, you are practicing conversation. And so it's like no one admitted to the privilege of hearing you do this, do the thing that you are accusing me of not doing, can think of anything wanting. I think she. It's it's like he is... He is um, not only picking up that Elizabeth is using it as a metaphor for conversation, but that um, he is also, uh, what's the word? Yes, anding her, essentially. Saying like, and um, no one admitted to the privilege of hearing you in conversation can think of anything wanting when, we are, when you are having a conversation. But yeah, I, I, but but I also understand- But that neither of us performed as strangers. But then, but then, yeah, but then this last part, is confusing because or not confusing rather but it's like uh he he's almost he's almost there in picking up exactly what elizabeth is saying elizabeth is also saying like you should practice being social um in the same way in, you should practice being social but darcy's darcy thinks elizabeth is saying well piano playing is not important <laughs> and so like in the same way that i think making conversation is not important. So we neither of us perform to strangers means Elizabeth doesn't need to learn how to play piano because Elizabeth doesn't want to put on airs to imp impress people. And I am not going to, I don't want to practice conversing with people because I don't want to uh, impress people or put on airs. Okay. All right. So Darcy's like, I'm not sociable because it's not in my nature. Elizabeth's like, well, maybe if you practice, you'd be better. In the same way that if I practice piano, I'd be a better piano player, mm -hmm. right? And Darcy's like, well, the reason you, Elizabeth, didn't practice piano more is because you had better things to practice. For the same reason that I didn't practice being sociable more, because I had better things to practice. Mm -hmm. And anyone, Elizabeth, who hears you play piano must know that you are you really excel at these better, these more <laughs> worthwhile uh, occupations. Mm -hmm. And the reason that you didn't prioritize playing piano is the same reason I didn't prioritize being sociable is because we don't like try to impress strangers. That's yes. not like our modus operandi in life. Right. But I think what he is didn't quite get is Elizabeth is telling Darcy, you should practice uh -huh. being social. Yeah, well, his argument to it is like, oh, I had better things to do. Yeah. <laughs> In the same way you had better things to do other than play piano. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on. Okay. 
Here they were interrupted by Lady Catherine, as usual, who called out to know what they were talking of. So more of, I'm being neglected from this conversation. <laughs> Not only has she taken Colonel Fitzwilliam, now she's taken my favorite nephew away from me. <laughs> no one admitted to the privilege... Oh, sorry. I am rereading the same paragraph as before. Um, here they were interrupted by Lady Catherine, who called out to know what they were talking of. Elizabeth immediately began playing again. So Elizabeth's like, I'm not going to talk to Elizabeth. Or uh, I'm not uh, going to talk to Lady Yeah, Catherine. once Lady Catherine's like, hey, what you're talking about? Then Elizabeth starts playing again. <laughs> uh-huh. Lady Catherine approached and, after listening for a few minutes, said to Darcy, so once again, she, the self-proclaimed, um, the lover of music, it, greatest lover of music, is not paying attention to music. Well, Elizabeth is now running this party. I'm yeah. sure Lady Catherine stationed her at the piano with the intention of, like, hey, you, go perform while the rest of us enjoy ourselves. Yeah, can uh-huh. we also just, like, yeah, take a moment to, like, realize that as a, like, Elizabeth is a guest of this house, and Lady Catherine has um, employed her to provide music for the night. Well, I think since she's a member of the Collins party, uh... Elizabeth has now become, in Lady Catherine's mind, just one of her servants. Like, she's already trying to put her in Mrs. Jenkinson's room. Yeah. She puts her to work whenever she shows up. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But Elizabeth has subverted this by now, drawing the entire party, including Lady Catherine herself, to the piano, mm-hmm. all standing around to look at her. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, but Lady Catherine comes over. She's got to show how much she appreciates music and stands there and listens to her for a few minutes. Yeah, and said to Darcy. <laughs> Not even to Elizabeth. Uh, and this is why Elizabeth's playing also. Mm-hmm. She says to Darcy, Miss Bennett would not play music, would not play at all amiss if she practiced more and could have the advantage of a London master. She has a very good notion of fingering, though her taste is not equal to Anne's. Anne would have been a delightful performer had her health allowed her to learn. See what I told you earlier about how... <sighs> Yeah, Lady Catherine uh, is tr- always trying to just draw Darcy's attention to Anne. Well, here, well, first to yeah, herself. here she is criticizing Elizabeth and then putting her in comparison to Anne. Even, Who doesn't even play? Even the though piano. it's ridiculous, she's like Elizabeth could be better if she practiced more, and Anne would have been the greatest piano player if she her if her health had allowed it. Uh, but it's also kind of ironic that. <laughs> Darcy was just saying playing the piano is not that important to learn. Mm-hmm. And here comes Lady Catherine being like, Miss be- uh, Bennett really should learn to play the piano better. Yeah, and Anne would have been the greatest piano player uh-huh. if her health had allowed her. So this is not the way to get to Darcy's heart. Nope. They always seem to, I mean, it's also like, Miss Bingley also time and time again was trying to put down Elizabeth by drawing um, Darcy's attention to her like disadvantages, mm-hmm. mainly her family, which <laughs> which actually has more of an effect than like Elizabeth's bad piano playing. Oh yeah, Darcy doesn't care about that. No, but Darcy does care about family. <laughs> Elizabeth looked at Darcy to see how cordially he assented to his cousin's praise, basically meaning like, does is Darcy going to participate in this uh, praise of Anne? Mm. But neither at the moment nor at any other. Could she discern any symptom of love? She couldn't discern any symptom of love in Darcy for Mr. Berg. Mm-hmm. And from the whole of his behavior to Mr. Berg, she derived this comfort for Miss Bingley, that he might have been just as likely to marry her, meaning Miss Bingley, had she been his relation. <laughs> so Miss Bingley in real life still has no chance. Yeah. But a consolation she could have is if she was a wealthy relation, she would have just as good a chance of Mr. Berg. Yeah. But she doesn't because she's not. <laughs> uh-uh. 
Well, it's also funny because like she realizes this based on how kind of coldly Darcy is treating Mr. Berg's like, oh, well, Darcy also treats Miss Bingley just as coldly. So I guess, you know, the only thing that was standing in Miss Bingley's way is that she is not his cousin. <laughs> yes, that's what she's saying. Mm hmm. Lady Catherine continued her remarks on Elizabeth's performance, mixing with them many instructions on execution and taste. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Even though she doesn't know how to play. Yeah. Elizabeth received them with all the forbearance of civility, and at the request of the gentleman, remained at the instrument till her ladyship's carriage was ready to take them all home. Okay, great. They want to keep her at the instrument so they can keep talking to her and keep mm -hmm. her the, the, as the life of the party. Yeah. Um... Yeah, oh, and I also wanted to say about this paragraph in reference to Miss Bingley would have had just as good a chance as Mr. Berg is Elizabeth is still misreading Darcy a little bit in that, like, she senses that there's no love in him for Mr. Berg, but she's like, well, they're still going to get married, I guess, because mm -hmm. that's social conventions dictates it. Yeah. It is, I mean, it is kind of worth mentioning that she is still thinking about Caroline Bingley, who is, like, a pseudo-rival to Elizabeth. And she's still looking in Darcy to see if he's actually interested in Mr. Berg. So she has some interest in, like, his romantic life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and let's just remember, even though she's having fun with Colonel Fitzwilliam, what does it say about him in the previous chapter when we meet oh, him? Oh, well, he is very... He's all... He's everything the gentleman, uh -huh. but he is not very handsome. He is not handsome. So, unfortunately, sorry, Colonel Fitzwilliam. I don't think you ever really had a chance at this. Sorry, yeah. Like, Mrs. Collins is pretty companion deserves to be with someone handsome. Uh, Sorry, Colonel. Uh, although Colonel Fitzwilliam would still be a step up in society for Elizabeth, <laughs> money-wise. Oh, for sure. Uh, but, you know, we all know Elizabeth is not... She wants she to marry for love. Yeah. yeah, and a nice face wouldn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. And... A pleasing continence. <laughs> to look at. Okay. All right. That's chapter eight. Yeah. Uh, I think we should pause there, but... I like this scene. This, this was a, a pleasant little chapter, I feel like. Oh, yeah. So much stuff. Ha yeah, it's, you're right. The dynamic from Miss or Lady Catherine running the show to and putting Elizabeth in the far corner of the room where she couldn't possibly disturb anyone to everyone drawing towards Elizabeth uh -huh. is it's such a great um, irony. I yeah, guess. no, yeah. Elizabeth has upstaged Lady Catherine here, and I think that's why. every single time Elizabeth yeah. comes over, she upstages Lady Catherine, and it's actually I think pretty like demeaning or a little humiliating that Lady Catherine has to actually walk over to the piano oh. to talk to her two nephews, and that's why she maybe directly criticizes Elizabeth when yeah. she gets there when she greets them civils with civility. We can probably deduce that she did not even get up from her chair and uh, now here elizabeth is doing essentially servant work by playing the piano for the for the party um a lady catherine has to get up from her seat to go uh to the piano because that is where her favorite guests are lady catherine is used to running court whenever she's in the room like every conversation better be under her purview right uh -huh. she should be able to hear everything and that's why <laughs> she thinks it's within her right to be like hey what are you talking about over there <laughs> yeah I, tell me what you're talking about <laughs> don't leave me out of it <laughs> so i can have an opinion on it <laughs> yeah a shitty a shitty like negging opinion uh, all right all right yeah that was fun mm -hmm. just gonna get more fun from here yeah don't worry you guys plenty of more interactions between elizabeth and darcy to come okay so tell volume two chapter nine i'm tom and i'm grace bye